Princess Rise for their Majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Rachel, I'm so excited to finally talk to you again. There was such a gap in my world last week. I feel like with you in the Turks and Caicos, which I cannot... Do you say the Turks or is it Turks and Caicos? I think it's just Turks and Caicos. Yeah. I know because we pre-recorded last week uh, that episode, so it was recorded a while ago. So we haven't seen each other in a couple weeks. Oh my gosh. I feel so happy to be staring at you through a Zoom screen someday in person soon. <laughs> Same. All right. Well, just a few royal reminders. As always, follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. Leave us a royal rating of five stars. Pretty please. Send us an email at info at gallerypodcasts with an S dot com. Rachel, what are we talking about today? Okay, Roberta, we've got Earthshot, we've got Ethics, and Rami Malik. <laughs> what a weird, bizarro <laughs> teaser lineup, but a lot of good things to come. We're also joined by the one, the only, Chris Jackson. He's back a second time. We are so privileged to welcome him back to Royally Obsessed. His new book, Elizabeth II, A Queen for Our Time, dropped on Tuesday this week. Order it now. And he chatted with us hours after going straight to the bookstore in London to buy his own copy, which I think he shared on Instagram as a tradition for him. I love that. It's a, a tradition of two because this is his second book. So yeah. we Modern Monarchy and now this. And it is incredible. Rachel and I were lucky enough to get copies and the pictures are stunning. Actually, my favorite part, I didn't mention this when we talked to him, but the pictures uh, that are of the queen in like rainbow colored outfits at the very beginning. It's, they're just so stunning. Do you know one of my favorites that felt weird to mention is the one actually not of any royals, but of the of Buckingham Palace with the air, the planes in rainbow the colors. Over. The yes. flyover. I would frame that. Is that or weird? Or those two guys, those two random guys at the Royal Ascot yes. sprinting through yes. the rain. <laughs> oh my gosh. There's no one royal in that picture. Yeah, I love those images. He's such a talented photographer. So coming up, yeah. our chat with Chris... But Roberta, first, tell me, how was Turks? Oh, all right. Well, what are we sipping first? And oh, then yes, we'll chat yes. over Perfect. our royal refreshment. Smart. Get to the drinks. And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. Blink, blink. I'm sipping iced coffee right now because we're recording early in the morning. I hope you can't tell from my voice. My voice but is low, too. We wanted to shout out this special wine brand that we noticed. It's called Wander and Ivy. It's all organic, certified organic wine from family-owned vineyards and their single-serving bottles, which is really great because I think that, you know, it's such a problem when you open a bottle and then you leave it in the fridge and it goes bad so quickly. Um, but the bottles are really cool, too. You're They're beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And I am all about the single-serving wine lately because I feel like I really – kind of give myself a hard time if I open a bottle and I don't finish it the next day and then it goes bad and it's like I just feel so much shame for that and also I have to say that my husband keeps stealing these I see him like he's swapping out his beer with these they're so good I'm really into the Cabernet Sauvignon so that's Rachel's getaway but I'm also Um, sipping LaCroix right now because it's 9 a.m. yes exactly well I last week was amazing I mean we had a great time and Turks and Caicos is fabulous, and I was lucky enough to go with my boyfriend and his family, um, and we rode horses in the Caribbean Sea, which was, like, the most incredible. That was the one thing I really wanted to do. I wanted, what was like, that like? Was it, like, do they – it looked like they kind of go deep in the water. They do. Yeah, they love the water. Aww. There's – the um, horse instructors were saying that – I don't know what their name is. The horse people were saying <laughs> horse that um, – <laughs> I think that makes sense. 
that a lot of people pay a lot of money for their horses to have water therapy. And this is just like water therapy for free, kind of. Um, So they loved it that my horse made so much noise when he got in the water. Like he was like, and like, (laughs) yeah, I tried to do a horse scene and freaking out and loved it and was like, if they said it's like the most refreshing thing for them because it's so hot. It was it was probably 85 every day um wow. and, and very humid so they so magical yeah the they whole go trip. they went up to like my waist level it was really cool um so and, refreshing for you too yeah it was awesome and we just ate well and queen elizabeth approves that activity the by the way <laughs> i did feel kind of ro- royal like a mustique kind of trip so yeah. it was it, it was looked really that fun. way from the photos yeah. well i missed you greatly as oh, did everyone i, I so think. much i re- really tried to re- refrain from checking royal news so that we could talk about it all today so. yes but first we have a lovely listener email Rachel, yes yes so a quick note about windsor endgame the west end play we had mentioned a while back it's also on netflix i had no idea about this roberta me it, either and i watched the first you did all, well so the yeah. show is based on the windsors a uk sitcom that is currently on netflix so you guys can watch it now stream it now and has some of the same cast and writers from the show that's on stage in London right now. So we did get a note about that play. Hi, ladies. Writing in with info on the Windsor's Endgame. The plot. Charles becomes king and Camilla convinces him to dissolve parliament and take the UK back to the Middle Ages. Feudalism, no internet electricity, etc. She persuades him by telling him it's good for the environment, but really she just wants totalitarian control of the country, which she wields ruthlessly and hilariously. I love this plot. I like think it sounds so funny. I've heard And this. we shorten this for time's sake, but there's a lot more to the plot that this person wrote us. This part was the highlight because what the the heck, yeah. Camilla. Um, but keep going. Sorry. No, no, that's good. Side note, I also went to see the Diana statue immediately, and it's amazing. You can get very close. No tickets needed. Also, Kensington Palace had pillows on display, not for sale, of Wills and Kate and all the other family members, but not Harry and Meghan. The pillows thing kind of confused me in this note, but I... So this just must be in the lobby of the exhibit or something yeah. like that. I, we might need to reply and get more intel on that. And is it their names? Is it their initials? Is it their Or is it pictures? a photo? <laughs> that <laughs> so would be strange. kind of funny, right? <laughs> I do love that Diana wallpaper there, but... And I'm surprised that you can go to see the statue without a ticket and you can get very close. I really hope to do that one day. I it might also be from the say, perimeter. Oh, okay, okay. From the perimeter of the Sunken Gardens. Yeah. I would think, because it was only right. open on the anniversary of her passing, right? You're probably right. I did watch the first episode of The Windsors on Netflix, and it's not really for me. It's like okay. watching a car crash. It's All very right. farcical. No, I also kind of wanted to keep watching it. I don't know. It's very. <laughs> I'll, check it out. I'll check it out. I it's didn't know. Silly. It's so so silly. Um, we quickly also wanted to chat about other royal content. We got another incredible listener email about Explained on Netflix. So here it is. She said, Alexandra from Chicago here. I wanted to share a royal recommendation. If you haven't seen this show Explained on Netflix, I highly recommend the royalty episode about the BRF and other monarchies and how they managed to survive over centuries through reinvention. I love that it touched on so many of the topics you discuss on the pod, from what it means to be a modern monarchy to the firm's relationship with the media. Especially poignant is the episode's discussion of Britain's imperialist past and how it confronts with the fairy tale narratives some members of the firm like to tell. They interviewed Jamaica and politicians and activists who share their frank perspectives about the queen as head of state and what it subconsciously communicates. 
As a black Roro, I love the critical parts of this episode. I've often struggled to hold both my admiration for my favorite royals and the knowledge that the institution they represent was fueled by centuries of oppression and violence inflicted on enslaved people. I think royal fans have a real opportunity to be a force for change here through having fair conversations about the monarchy, sharing constructive thoughts when they fall short, and centering diverse voices, especially those who have historically been oppressed and silenced. Appreciate you both for doing just that on your show. So I watched this episode. You did. I need to. so good. It's like, it's 20 minutes, so it's super digestible. I think it's 24 minutes. Very easy to watch. Omid's in it. And he's oh, wow. a, like a talking head in it. And it is, he offers some really thoughtful perspectives. I thought it was so enlightening and just like a history lesson, which I love. So um, definitely give that a watch. Also, Rachel, you were on TV this oh Sunday. Oh, my gosh. I had like four <laughs> short lines in the first episode, but this it was our TV a big corner moment. Right now. A big a moment. New section. Yes. <laughs> Everyone tune in. CNN, Diana. It's on every Sunday night at 9 o'clock, and it is very exciting. I, I watched it just feeling like I'm learning so much, so I'm really excited about it. Where's your blue dress from? The question on oh, everyone's minds. Oh, it's from – it's an old one from Aritzia. But so I have to tell you, stunning. every time you I amazing. wear it, my husband asks if I'm churning butter that day because he <laughs> does not support prairie fashion right now. And I'm like, this is a thing. I don't I think it's still a thing, right? It's totally a thing. <laughs> you looked incredible. Uh, don't listen to Matt on fashion advice. Thank you. I, I'm here for it. Thank you. Thank you. Diana, CNN, next Sunday, too. It's for the next five, five Sundays, weeks. Right? Yeah. So six. Mm-hmm. So six in total. So and I'm sure it's on on demand. I think if you go, it's, I hopefully. don't think it is. I don't know. Oh, it's I'm not. trying to figure oh. out how you can watch it if you miss it. So set DVR, but I'm sure it'll be on demand maybe when the whole thing is over. I right, don't know. Right. So we'll have okay. to figure it out. I'll try and sleuth that out. Okay. Two more TV things quickly. Quick. quick. This news that Bridgerton, did you see this, Rachel, is based on Althorpe? So the show's creator, Bridgerton's creator, tweeted that he had actually been inspired by Althorpe House, which we know is the Spencer family's ancestral home where Diana grew up for Bridgerton. What a crossover. It all makes sense. This is why we were like so drawn to it from the start. (laughs) And I love that Charles Spencer proves Diana's brother tweeted, just saw this, such a compliment to those of my family who went before me making Althorpe House what it is today. Amazing that he has ready for a personal tour. All right, are we ready for this week in royal history? Let's do it. And now, this week in royal history. Sarah Ferguson was born October 15th, 1959 at London Welbeck Hospital, meaning she'll be 62 this year, which sounds really young to me to be a grandma of two. I just am like, what? Yes. Her life really seems to revolve around her kids and grandkids. Last week during an event with Hello Magazine, she said of Beatrice and Eugenie, my children are phenomenal mothers. They were great children and now they're phenomenal mothers. And she talked about, it's so funny because when August smiles at me now, because he's seven and a half months, you actually know he genuinely likes you. It's not a put on smile. He genuinely finds me very funny, which is How quite is he lucky. seven and a half months? My gosh. No, the time flies. But that leads us to Beatrice and Edo announcing the name of baby Sienna Elizabeth, which we haven't really talked about yet. I know all the news kind of blurs when you take a week off because there's so much <laughs> all the time. But yeah, what did you weeks. think? So I did a lot of sleuthing on this name because I was like, Sienna. That's a town in Italy. You know, he's Italian, but there's got to be more to that. Like, it just... And so, supposedly, Sienna, they wanted an S name to honor Sarah, Beatrice's mother. But also, Sienna is a red 
orange, burnt orange color. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's a tribute to Fergie and Beatrice's hair, according to a source. And get this, Siena, the Italian town, is supposedly where they were going to have their wedding, their their oh. original wedding. So I think, which would have broken such tradition by having a royal wedding not in the UK, but Sarah Ferguson was sleuthing out wedding venues in August of 2019, which I think was before they even announced their engagement. But she had sleuthed out this gorgeous villa in Siena, Italy. And so I kind of think that that may be why they picked it was because their original wedding was supposed to be there. They also have attended a wedding there. That was the only other connection. Wow, I, could find. I love the name. I think it's beautiful. It's really beautiful. It's, it's so fun different. to have another girl name. Like it's been a minute since we've had a girl name. It's modern too. I think I was surprised. I, at first I was like, Sienna, because hmm, like Sienna Miller. There's a lot of famous Siennas. But I was laughing because one up. of our friends, former coworkers, has all royal names in their family. And I emailed him as soon as Sienna was published. I was like, is this the next because they're expecting? And he was like, we were just talking about Sienna the previous night. So I really think what? it might happen. So I don't know. We have to wait with bated breath to find out. But I think That's it's like incredible. February. Well, we have to also mention Eugenie's third wedding anniversary was this week, and we mentioned it last week, but we got two new photos yesterday. One was sleuthed out by Amber, a rower who noticed it was posted directly to the photographer's account, Divine Day Photography. Celebrity. These photographers are the source. You've got to go. What did you think about the reception photo she posted? I just love it. I love that reception dress. I I felt like it was very intimate, too. It was. It was beautiful. And we haven't seen anything from royal receptions, it feels like. So it felt very behind the scenes, which was nice. Also, while talking about Fergie this week in royal history, we have to just say Andrew. I feel Mm. like there's been so much news about Andrew. Fergie's been super supportive, which honestly makes me think less of her. What do you think? Yeah, I don't understand what's going on with that. I mean, I... It stinks because I love Fergie, but she's like been so supportive of him. And I'm just like, oh, why? And honestly, the whole royal family is kind of backing off now. The latest is a royal pile on in the UK Times. I don't know if you saw this, but, you know, even William is saying he hit, hit sources source. close to William. Yeah, exactly. Friend of William tells the paper that William is no fan of Uncle Andrew. They said that William, like the rest of the royals, believes Prince Andrew's expulsion from public life should be permanent. There's no way in the world he's ever coming back. The family will never let it happen. They describe him as boorish, arrogant, insufferable. It's not even like about the case. Like people do not like Andrew as a person. Is it weird that I always think of that crown episode where it's like, isn't the one where it's like the queen's favorite? When he's younger and I just and he like lands the helicopter and I don't know why, but I'm like that kind of feels on par with how he really is. I'm just obviously that's a fictional take, but like I just I just the whole thing feels really icky. And it's another thing that feels conflicting about our love sometimes for the royals and their actions. Yeah, it's interesting, too, that this report says uh, Andrew is actually not the favorite and the queen is really only protecting him because she wants to save the institution. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that that makes sense when you could easily kind of let him retire and just move. I don't know. It's all very suspect. But London police just closed the review into it and said there will be no further action into the Andrew inquiry. The London Metropolitan Police, man. I mean, this plus yeah. Sarah Everard case where the police officer was charged and found guilty with her rape and murder you know, a lot of people are calling on Cressida Dick, who we've mentioned on the show a couple times, to resign. So it's just like, it, I, it's unfortunate they dropped this. And I I don't know. We'll see. I mean, 
Ghislaine Maxwell's trial is coming up next month. So wow, probably yeah. gonna find out a lot more. Oh All right, my goodness! On. All right, so we have a lot of updates to go over um, quickly before we have Chris's interview. A couple pieces of news on the Cambridge front. So we've got Earthshot, we've got Kate's recent event on behalf of the under fives, but I really want to lead with Rami Malek and this interview that he gave to Jimmy Kimmel. A bit of context. Basically, he obviously we saw him meeting Kate William, the royal fam at the Bond premiere. But when he went on Jimmy Kimmel, he shared that this was not the first time he was chatting with Kate. And back in 2018 at the BAFTA Awards, he also had a conversation with her. And I just looked at Princess Kate at one point and I said, this must be exhausting. And she said, why? I said, you just had a baby, right? And she goes, I think she was taken aback. She said, how, how are you doing? And I said, no, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in the most regal, elegant way, she's like, well, you know, gave me a look. But you can tell. I mean, imagine you dressed yeah. to the nines, have to talk to all these actors. And not only that, but, you know, it's one thing to be an actor. People know who you are. But literally, I mean, I just did it with you. You, I want to know what the conversation was. Everybody wants to know what the conversation oh, was. Yeah, well. So they have to be super careful all the time. They're so careful. But it was so cool because I think I caught her off guard for a second. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had that look of, uh, in the most elegant, professional, royal way. Yes, it's a, it's a lot having What a about kid. Prince Charles? Did and, he and show with, any the, emotion? The funniest thing about uh-huh. that was... Uh-huh. Uh, I, I said, you know, if you ever need a, a, time, a day off, some time off, I, I'm back up for you. And she, she's like, what do you mean? I go, I can babysit. You guys go out. Have a good time. Can I ask, did you say this before or after the movie? This was, this was at the BAFTAs. After, oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I think after seeing the movie, they're not going to want you to babysit at all. That's very yeah. funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's so true. I love that whole thing. I know that's such a long clip. But, Roberta, did this just make you laugh out loud? What was your reaction? Yes. <laughs> Hysterical. I also, I love that he was like, after seeing James Bond, they're definitely not going to ask you to babysit. I know. I need to see the movie. Maybe after seeing him as Freddie Mercury, they they would have asked him. Did you see um, what, what Bohemian Rhapsody? I, was like, I didn't see it, but Finn bought it by clicking our Apple no. TV remote too many times. And we've paid, we actually own that movie, but we haven't watched it. Oh, it's really good. You I need to watch it. Watch I want it to. Um, I just love this. I feel like it's kind of a humble brag to be like, oh, this isn't my first conversation with the Duchess. So, yeah. and I love that he calls her Princess Kate and then she's so elegant and is so royal and professional in every way. I just think that he like is really treading very carefully when he's talking about it, which makes you think like, there's so much gravity to the conversations they have with other people. But I do love what he said, too, about, like, I do watch. And I'm like, what are they talking about? Like, what did Kate say to Daniel Craig? Like, what were their, what were they sharing? And when you look at the Royal Family YouTube channel, it's always far enough away that you cannot hear the conversations. It's always just kind of like white noise, like rumbling. So anyways, I was I loved the intel. So thanks, Rami, for that. Yes. Okay, more Kate, a giant contrast to her James Bond outfit, which did you see you can buy, Roberta? The Jenny Packham Goldfinger There's a col- Cape a special gown? collection. Yes. Yeah, I think that's so smart. What a fabulous way to kind of promote your <laughs> designer collection. I, I mean, love it. I obviously can't afford anything, but yeah, that I dress, love it. I think is priced at $5,488. 
the one that she wore. So pretty fascinating. Yeah. But she wore Zara to the University College London Center for Longitudinal Studies. That's a mouthful. To hear about their new study, The Children of the 2020s, which immediately made me feel very old. So old. (laughs) Children of the 2020s? What? (laughs) Sounds so funny. Rolls off the tongue. But the study is interesting because it's tracking the development of children ages nine months to five years. It's a birth cohort in England. I loved her look. I think that she looked stunning and it's obviously totally in line with everything she's doing for all her, of her work for young early childhood. And this is a rewear. This was definitely seen before, yep, I think. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's cool. Too, but it's beautiful. I and I kind of like the silver heels. I saw people pushing back about the magginess, but what did you think about those? I don't know. The texture was weird. Yeah, it was me. like a crocodile, like faux crocodile. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't know if it was with the plaid, if maybe a suede would have looked better and more fall e because I know she has a lot of suede heels yeah. too. But I have to say I've been very inspired by Kate fine. to shop my closet. Like I I think that like I don't totally want to buy a ton of new stuff right now because I'm not still going anywhere. We're still remote right now. And I've been digging in and seeing like what still fits and I'm trying to find a new tailor and things like that. Cause I think you can make little flourishes, but a lot of stuff doesn't fit. It's kind of sad. Well, but. I, I love my rental service. I do new. What do you do? This is not, this is not an ad. This is not sponsored Wait, in any way. Newly by urban outfitters, which owns free people anthro. I didn't know you did that. Yeah. So you get six pieces a month for wow. $80, which I think is, I mean, that's probably what I'd spend on clothes a month anyway. Are you mostly doing Zoom tops or no? You go, you're, you've got a lot of plans. You're going out. So, well, yeah. And for vacation, it oh, was for nice vacation too. Was like tropical dresses that I do not own. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's always good to have. What are the brands you can choose from? I clothes so much. And I don't have a lot of coats, too, from being from Florida. So renting coats is a big deal. Coats are my weakness. I have so many. I splurged and actually got a nice coat last year. (gasps) But I like the fashionable. You did? Wait. I I bought Meghan Markle's red coat. (gasps) That's right. I remember this. I forgot. I actually have to get it tailored. I have to tailor it. That's the best advice from the brand. Is it Centilar? It's from Centilar. And their advice was you have to get it tailored. That's the secret to a really good coat. That's Meghan's secret. That's Kate's secret. Get it tailored. Adjust. They get all their clothes tailored. But where's yours from? I'm taking us on such a tangent. I'm sorry. Oh, Canada Goose, which I was like, because it's... Oh, yes. Because when it snows, I... (laughs) Like I have to like justify this for Wait, wait, wait. I remember, side tangent again, when you walked in, you breezed in your Canada goose, and I was like, oh, she's here. <laughs> that I'm was so a big moment. Because it's like such a made fun of, like, it's oh, not. Has it. it keeps roll, you warm. It definitely keeps me warm. I. Like I said, I'm from Florida and I can't handle the cold. So it's, it was worth it. It Bravo. I'm into it. And it's, I'm not, (laughs) you walk everywhere (laughs) too. So it's worth it. Yeah. Okay. I'm now wasting all of our time, but basically Earthshot, I want to talk about that real quick. We have another red carpet to look forward to this weekend. Love the red carpet. This is the first ever environmental red carpet, environmental awards, Sunday at eight o'clock British standard time. It's only one hour. So it's kind of short. We will see. Ed Sheeran, Sean Mendez, Coldplay. And this was an interesting detail. Of course, it makes sense that their power and energy for their performance is going to be powered by 60 cyclists. Won't that be kind of cool to Wait, see? Wait, that's so cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's amazing. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? And then we have presenters, Duchess of Cambridge, Kate, Emma Thompson, Emma Watson, David. Hermione. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, my gosh. I'm savoring that last book, by the way. Um, David Oyelowo. So a lot, a lot to look forward to. I can't wait. And you can watch it, I think, 
on the Discovery Facebook page. So it's not okay. just broadcast in the UK. So it'll be like a little afternoon treat. 3 p.m. for us, 8 p.m. for them. Yep. And then just stick by the TV for the 9 p.m. Diana next episode <laughs> on day. CNN. All day. <laughs> I'll plug that Royal in literally content. everything Perfect. we talk about You're today. Amazing. You're amazing. <laughs> All right, let's move on to- I was so starstruck. Okay, Epic. moving on. Just a quick update from the Sussexes. So the Sussexes are making responsible investing sexy because sexy. they- an- <laughs> Sexy. They announced Tuesday through the New York Times deal book section that they're partnering with Eth which is a fintech asset manager in the fast-growing ESG space. ESG is environmental, social, and governance. They're going to be impact partners and investors. Just another thing to add to their resume. It's like the longest, most incredible, comprehensive resume. Ethic has $1.3 billion under management, $1.3 billion, sorry, and invests in social responsibility themes like clean energy, fair labor, sustainability. So this must have been the shortest interview. There's only one sentence from each of Harry and Meghan. It's weird that – it was just weird that, like, the New York Times was like, we have the exclusive interview – and then there's like one sentence. I don't funny. know. It's just a yeah. quick statement. But um, Megan said, from the world I come from, you don't talk about investing, right? She told Dealbook. You don't have the luxury to invest. That sounds so fancy. My husband has been saying for years, gosh, don't you wish there was a place where if your values were aligned like this, you could put your money to the same sort of thing. Harry's quote was, you already have the younger generation voting with their dollars in their pounds, you know, all over the world when it comes to brands they select and choose from. Harry said, suggesting it was a natural extension to the same with investments. Um, they mentioned they have a brief, you know, summary of this on Archwell, where they said we invest in each other to change the world, be it through investment of time, which is mentoring, community, volunteering, or the investment of funds for those who have the means to. So I looked this up, 56% of Americans own stocks. So I because wow. I, I was thinking they're speaking to such a small, I feel like that's not a big group of people, but it, it is 56% of people own stocks. Yeah. So I was probably pretty surprised by that. My only qualm is that this ethic kind of asset manager company. They have an app and they are described as having an interface similar to Robinhood, which I don't have. You yeah, read I've read so much about it's Robinhood. A, there's a lot of criticism for how they gamify investing. They actually settled in court after a 20-year-old committed suicide yeah. last year because he believed he had lost over $700,000 on the stock trading app. I used to use Robinhood. After all these stories, I I moved over to Fidelity, actually, yeah. which I don't know if I should be saying that to a, a large public No, that's fine. It's fine. Like money, where my money is. That's um, vague but enough. I had, to ask, I had to ask an expert on this subject. So I turned to Dave, who is yes. in finance. Dave, can he join right now? I, yeah. Oh, my God. I wish he could call <laughs> it. I actually thought about that. Call um, him up. No, I'm just Yeah. <laughs> so his hot take is this. He says, ESG investing, I, I just pulled up my phone, the text from Dave, because he's in New York right now. So. ESG investing is really taking off as a secular theme, proportionately popular with younger people. Lots of assets are going that way. And although there's financial industry buds, it doesn't really have a celebrity face or anything. So they definitely could be that. It's good of them to lead others by example. He said, (laughs) this is how much I know about my own stock portfolio. He said, you're invested in ESG. You're invested in iClean, which is the ticker, the stock ticker, which invests in clean energy. And also WOMCX, which is women-led companies oh yeah that's what i'm really following yeah yeah female led and founded companies um so those two i have invested in and i think that's so important to put your money where your 
activism is and where you really want to see change. So I love it. I think it's a great example. I'm going down the rabbit hole on NFTs. I got to talk to you about that as an aside. What? I mean, I'm not doing it. I'm just trying to teach myself. So I don't. Yeah, we. I have a lot to learn about that. But all right. Now, our interview with Chris Jackson. Row Rose, it is a privilege and a pleasure to welcome Chris Jackson back to the podcast. You know him for his stellar photos of the royal family, but lucky us, he's also got a brand new book coming out this week called Elizabeth II, A Queen for Our Time. If you loved Modern Monarchy, which was his first book, you're going to love this one. Also, Chris, can we just say we kind of remember pressing you on whether or not there would be a second book the last time you were on, and here we are. So welcome, (laughs) welcome back. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It does seem like a long time since I was last on here, but it's very exciting, and I really appreciate it. Well, we were reminiscing. I mean, we were really right at the start of lockdown when you joined us before. I remember being like, Chris is going to have a gap in his schedule, his royal schedule, because we're all, you know, and you you did, and we were all at home, and it was so, you know, so much fear of course it's been a really long 18 months for sure and but like we said now you have a new book and a new baby on the way you have a lot coming up yeah that is true um yes <laughs> uh two very exciting things but um yeah no the book I suppose it sort of developed towards the end well mid sort of there's been so many lockdowns and I couldn't can't quite remember but it was you know um definitely halfway through and it just seemed like the ideal time um with the Platinum Jubilee coming up uh, in 2022 uh, to pull together my sort of archive of images on on the Queen and, and put something together with some of my words. So yeah, really exciting. I went to the bookshop to get the first copy this morning. You did? Uh, I can I can resist it. I can resist it. It was really exciting. It's so exciting you see it on the shelves in the. Did bookshop. it have a nice it's display amazing. or what, where was it? It did. In- yes, Rizzoli have very good displays. Lots of beautiful books. Um, so it was. Uh, yeah, it's a real honour to be sort of featured amongst. You know, they do have particularly beautiful books. So I was very lucky to have my book. Um, but you know, sat pride of place in the shop. So yeah, really exciting. Did you sign a copy just to like, (laughs) for the surprising (laughs) shopper, surprise shopper? I feel a bit weird when I go in the bookshop to (laughs) pretend, to sneak around and kind of. Yeah. The secret signed copy. Well, we were lucky enough to get our hands on an advanced copy and it is stunning. Rachel and I want to say we loved your note in the beginning, the introductory note about the weight of responsibility and the sense of nerves that you still feel every time you photograph Her Majesty. What is it really like to be in the room with her? I think, you know, I'm very lucky to photograph the royal family on on a pretty regular basis. And of course, one of the special things about that is that they are all different. Um, and the Queen, um, as head of the royal family, is incredible. I mean, she's this iconic person. As I said in the book, I mean, iconic is almost an understatement. She is just so globally recognised, quite simply, the most famous woman in the world. And to get the opportunity to photograph her is a huge honour. Um, obviously, every, every it's, you know, as frequently or infrequently as it is um every time you do it it's it's a different occasion and it's it's really exciting and uh yeah you do feel an element of nerves of course with all royal photography as as I think I might have mentioned before what's so enjoyable about it is the uh, the lack of control you often have over the situation in front of you and that does add an element of nerves whatever the situation because you know it could be terrible weather um the engagement not might not go to plan but you always have to prepare to be prepared for the unexpected if that makes sense um which is what keeps you on your toes you have to throw in an element of luck 
um, which is, you know, some days you get a great picture, some days you don't. So that's what uh, keeps you on your toes. And I think, you know, photographing the Queen is always a privilege, always exciting, because you know if the light falls in the right way, um, then, you know, you could get an image that, take an image that lives on um, in the sort of future archive, which is really exciting. And after 20 years, we have to ask, do you think she knows your name by this point? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> of course, you know, it, the, the Queen is a Queen and um, it's, it's, it's a privilege photographing her and all members of the Royal Family are different. So, yeah, the Queen... Um, always kind of um you can feel her presence when you're in the room she generates a huge amount of respect where she is and her engagements take a slightly different flow to other members of the royal family um as you'd expect um say say yeah i love it we also want to know does the queen get a sneak peek at a book like this do you think she's seen it (laughs) I'm not sure I'm not sure um, if she'd want to see it I mean it must be a bit weird looking at pictures of yourself in a book but uh, (laughs) who knows who knows Um, of course you know it's um, I tried my hardest to put together the most sort of um, honest account and the the best pictures I've taken so you know one would hope that um, um, she'd like it but who knows it's uh, I suppose the special thing about this for me and, and what differentiates it from other books on the queen and there's a lot of books on the queen out there um this is really got kind of my personal um journey over the last almost 20 years and some of those little stories behind the images and some personal things thrown in um which you may not know about um you know obviously when we look at pictures of the queen we often look at them in the newspapers or the magazines or on stamps and things like that so um i thought i'd add a little bit of my personal perspective and some of the kind of nuances um, that go on um, behind the scenes. I love my job and I'm really lucky to do it. And sometimes it's just nice to be able to tell, tell the stories behind the images. Well, speaking of the images, we wanted to ask you if you have any favorites, which I feel like is like asking you to pick a favorite child or something like that. (laughs) It's probably an impossible question, but or just or if it's not a favorite, a particularly memorable image that's in the book that you see and you flip to that page always and you're just like, oh, like this photo is so meaningful to me yeah no that's a good question and um there's definitely a few like that i mean of course the cover picture is is one of my favorite just because you know it's it it was amazing to be asked to do an official portrait of the queen um and so that for me is a very sort of special moment in my career i suppose so that that ticks a box in terms of um one of my favorites um just i suppose that's mm, someone that looks at pictures um there's different types of pictures there's a day-to-day engagement there's a big historical moment there's official portraits and you know obviously doing anything any official portraits is a huge honor and and definitely ranks up there in your sort of career so that's that is definitely one of the sort of memorable and favorite ones for me I love, I've just got the book here, so I'm just going to remind myself. Please I mean, do, we have it right of, here too. <laughs> <laughs> there's a few special moments. Um, I, I, you know, you would know how passionate the Queen is about horse racing and, and her, her passion for breeding horses goes, um, goes all the way back. You know, she was given her first horse at the age of four and I think, you know, her passion to this day is, is incredible. And the moment when she won the gold cup at Ascot um, was definitely one of my favourite moments um, because the crowd was behind her. Um, I remember her horse estimate kind of powering down towards the finish line and, and the look on her face when she got presented with this trophy, you know, the first monarch in the 270 year history to that point of the race. 
um, it clearly meant so much to her. Uh, and so there's a, a big backstory to that that picture. And that was a very special moment. And, you know, that's always the case with photographing the Queen, you know, to have this kind of front row seat to those historic moments. And when the crowd is there, the cheers are there, um, you know, you can feel the energy in the air. That is really special. Do you just have your camera trained on that moment? Like, I mean, how did you know that the horse was going to, like, it's like you're just waiting for that. The picture for me and the picture in the book is, is the moment she got presented with the car. Presented, so I okay. think that was, that was just symbolic of, um, of everything that it meant to her and, and the, the gold sort of reflects on her face and she just lights up so that was in- incredibly special um and you know some of the quieter moments as well i took a picture of the the prince of wales and the queen um she at the end of one of the lockdowns um i think in a frogmore house and um you know quite often you get the opportunity to photograph in places with amazing history such as frogmore but you never get the it doesn't seem to ever coincide when the gardens in bloom in the right way you know there's always something where the light's not right so it was lovely when i had that opportunity when the blossom and the daffodils were out and it was just a really lovely relaxed moment with with both of them again that's another favorite of mine um actually something that really stood out this year talking about lockdowns and covid was a moment that the queen knighted uh captain tom uh you may remember captain tom this incredible um figure he really captured the imagination of the uk public and i think around the world um for his amazing achievement of, of raising over 30 million pounds 46 million dollars i believe mm-hmm. for the nhs and he only started off to do 100 laps of his garden and and he's very sadly since passed, passed, but um, the feeling he generated around the country was just incredible at, at a difficult time. And, mm. and I called the book A Queen for Our Time. And I think it's moments like this that really show how she can bring a nation together. And that moment where she knighted Captain Tom and everything that meant, I think it was symbolic of, of a bigger thing. And that was a very special moment. It was also one of the first engagements after a long period of uh, of no engagements because of COVID. And so I really remember it. it was a beautiful sunny day and Captain Tom had a great sense of humour and and he he wheeled his um his now famous walker out onto the quadrangle in Buckingham Palace and the Queen tapped him on both shoulders. And I think he said at the time that um he wouldn't kneel because he might never get up and he just had this great <laughs> warmth and sense of humour. So that was you know that was incredibly special. Um there's a picture of the Queen at the Royal Albert Hall um, with the Women's Institute celebrating 100 years where the cake gets stuck in the knife and oh, yeah. she's with the Princess of Wessex and Princess Anne, they all burst out laughing. And, you know, that's kind of lovely moment that I'm looking for in a royal engagement, something that's unexpected. And, you know, there's a lot of ceremony and and pomp in my job, which is great. And that's that's really good to photograph as well. But it says more unexpected and kind of human and warm moments, which are really special. Um, Absolutely. Well, we were going to mention too, one of the images for us that was, you know, striking when it happened and then just seeing it again in the book was the shot of the queen and Prince Philip viewing cards from their great grandchildren. You were in the room and they opened the ones from Prince George, Princess Charlotte, Prince Louis. What was the atmosphere of that? I read in the book, you described that you were on vacation actually when you got that call, you were in Cornwall. So to get asked to do that and sort of know the the, you know, I mean, that was a really iconic moment, 73 years of marriage. Celebrating 73 years of marriage is just, it's just mind-blowing. And so it's a huge privilege to be asked to, to do anything around that. And 
um yeah very special and i think yeah i was i was on holiday because um i think we'd just come out of another lockdown so <laughs> like i gotta run and was, get a little uh, yeah, fresh air vacation yeah but, um but yeah huge honor to be asked to do that and you know i think um it's that link between the generations which was really special to me you know to see to see that link when families couldn't necessarily see each other you were in your bubble i think still um essentially so of course you know very sadly um just who was to know but a, f- a few months later um the duke of edinburgh sadly passed so um yeah so they became even more poignant so yeah well and then also the closing image of the book struck us you know it's just the queen and charles and it's ahead of her endorsement of her son as head of the Commonwealth. You've covered the Queen so closely all these years. What do you think is her legacy? Yeah, well, that's so that's a good point. So that was a, a picture of the Prince of Wales and the Queen walking out and to give a speech at Chogham, uh, sorry, Commonwealth Heads of Government meeting in London. Um, I think her legacy is just so all-encompassing. And, you know, she's been this incredible leader of the Commonwealth, of the country, you know, um, looked at with huge respect and admiration around the world. You simply have to um, be a part of a state visit um, to, just to see the huge respect that people have for for the Queen um, and, and and what she means. And she's unique, you know, there's no one else like her. And, um, and I think, you know, she has this incredible legacy globally and historically. And I think um, people will be talking about it for many, many centuries to come. Well, Chris, it's been exciting to follow your Instagram stories of late <laughs> because <Thank> you. <laughs> you have been jet-setting all over the place. It feels like you – it was a one the one weekend recently where you were – in Scotland, and then you were at the James Bond premiere, and then you were back <laughs> yeah. in Northern Ireland, <laughs> and you were running around and documenting. You can feel my pain. Months, which... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we appreciate that you that you uh, keep us posted on everything, but we have to ask you about the James Bond premiere because we need to live vicariously through you. What was it like to be there, Kate's gold dress? I mean, it's like we still feel chills looking at those pictures <laughs> of her. Now the in-person events are back on the calendar. What what was it like for you? Well, I think that you know the James Bond, James Bond, James Bond. You know, everyone was excited. This film has been delayed for for a long time due to COVID, and you know, as the cliche says, Bond is back. But it really felt like that. You know, it was live events about big, glamorous, um, live premiere. You know, and. And it didn't disappoint in any way whatsoever. Of course, you had this incredible talent. Daniel Craig is just so cool as James Bond and, and so professional as well, you know. Um, and then we had the big royal arrival and that certainly didn't disappoint. And um, everyone looks in- incredible. Um, Prince Wales actually Was cool. there an audible gasp when Kate stepped out? Did you hear like, <laughs> or like, was it just like, I felt like all the glitter and yeah. shimmer like yeah, was yeah. just. I think these things are quite frenetic, these events. So that, that kind of, um, that, I didn't, didn't hear anything in that, in that sense. But I'm sure, you know, just looking at, like you say, talking about social media, just looking on social media, there was an amazingly positive response to, you know, to that. And I thought everyone looked incredible. Um, you know, it, it, of course, Dutch the Cambridge, but also Dutch the Cornwall. And, um, and yeah, the, the glamour was back. The event, the film scene, I haven't watched it yet, but I'm very excited. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see it. My husband is seeing it this week. Wait. He has his tickets. I'm like, I want to go. I can't wait. It looks so Yeah, good. but it needs, to be a, it needs to be a big evening, doesn't it? You need to like have a, you know, mm, have yeah, a drink gotta, before, maybe go for supper, make a big yeah, thing of it. He needs to wear a like, dress up to go or something. <laughs> Especially because you said, like, like you said, it coincides with the return of like in-person events. And I think we're all just like, Absolutely. kind of 
watching that that event I think meant so much to everyone for many many reasons yeah yeah well it feels like you know I feel like London's buzzing at the moment um you know London Film Festival I think um like you said I've been uh, flying around but not like long haul so no jet lag which has been great but Scotland Ireland um and it's been lovely actually um I've I've been leaving early in the morning to get on a plane and then shooting stuff and then coming back and it doesn't always go to plan I got taken off plane because it it had a technical problem the other day. I had yes, to get on another plane. Yes, what happened? And we I'm saw that panicking. on your stories. What happened? Tell <laughs> yeah. us. Well, I mean, I suppose, you know, that's that's why you normally go to these things the night before. So, you know, you're there <laughs> and, and there's no problem. Obviously, leaving on the morning of, of a royal engagement is always a little bit risky. And uh, and um, that was, it, it went to show that that is a reason you generally get places there, get there the night But you before. made but, it on um, time, right? You got there on time. Well, that, you know, I was shooting a thing with the Duchess of Cornwall and the Prince of Wales and they were in the Royal Botanical Garden and, and a lovely woman called Sandra was waiting at the gate for me as I rushed off the plane oh. and uh, I was literally like sprinting to get up there. And Your I, own I got James there. Bond I, moment. <laughs> You're like, I, wouldn't get out. I wasn't looking very James Bond at the time. I was probably very <laughs> dishevelled and sweaty and then got there as the Prince of Wales and Duchess of Cornwall were um, watering a, a tree they just planted. So, Oh my gosh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> But that has to be the exhilarating part of the job too for you. Oh yeah, I love all that kind of stuff. That is, you know, I was like, oh, it feels like a bit like being on a raw tour. This is nice. I feel, you know, that energy and that, things don't always go to plan, but that's what's quite fun about it. So I got there in the end, which is what counts. Um, so I thought I was going to end up stuck in London and sort of um, come home having taken no photographs, <laughs> feeling a bit sorry for myself. Well, we love your Instagram stories because I feel like Thank it does you. give that's us really a glimpse of... behind the scenes because we just see the yeah. beautiful images and I love kind of understanding what goes on behind the scenes. Yeah, there's probably, there's occasionally a few spelling mistakes because I'm literally never. trying to like type I've things as I'm running that. along. No. <laughs> I will say it was midnight here when I saw your 5 a.m. wake up for getting in the cab because you're five uh, hours ahead. So I was like, oh, no. <laughs> if I get up early in the morning, I need everyone else to know that I've got up at 5 o'clock. Yes, I mean, absolutely. I know mean, lots of people get up at 5 o'clock in the morning every day. but um, No, no, you got to talk about it. I'm, I'm here for that. <laughs> well, we want to ask you because, you know, we're so excited that James Bond in-person events are all back. Any royal ones coming up that you're most looking forward to? You're, we know you're set to cover the Invictus Games in 2022 with Harry. Yeah, right? I mean, the Invictus is such an incredible organisation. And obviously, again, um, Invictus was postponed a couple of times um, for obvious reasons. And it's always, I've been lucky enough to document that behind the scenes right from the start and just getting to know all the competitors and the passion, what it means to them, what it means to everyone, the spectators, is there's a real energy to the events and I absolutely love it. So, um, yeah, this is a Hague 2022, um, so it's going to be great. Um, I know they've you know had a lot of time to think about it now, so it's going to be bigger and better than ever before, I think. Well, and you must be so excited to see Harry, which I feel like has been a long time. He's been in America. Yeah, so yeah, yeah exactly. Exciting. Exactly. So, um, you know, I think, you know, things like Centre Bali, obviously, he was um, playing polo in Aspen the other day. And, you know, he raised a huge, huge amount of money for the charity. And, and Invictus is, um, is, is clearly something that's, that means a huge amount to him. And it's I think it's one of his biggest achievements to put this together. Um, certainly a passion project that means a lot to so many people. So, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a big one for him. And any other events? Yeah, exactly. And we've got um, 
um, Earth Shot. Uh, Are you going to oh, cover that? We're so excited for that one. Yeah, so that's a you know huge project for the Duke of Cambridge. Um, I love these million this pounds award for for amazing amazing climate change uh, initiatives, and I think that's going to be. It's obviously been a huge focus for him. I don't know if you had the opportunity to watch the programmes, but they're pretty incredible. Obviously, David Attenborough involved in that. And, you know, these kind of things are actually going to make a big impact uh, moving forward. We've all been told that we've got 10 years to change the I'm world. I'm signed up for the emails, everything. Yeah. I like, I really <laughs> yeah, want to know. Exactly. I'm so, I, like, we're counting on, on this so yeah, much. So yeah, so I think it's an amazing initiative. And I think um, it's kind of going to be the event which uh, everyone talks about for a while, I think. Um, and then, you know, next year, I'm sure, obviously, we've been uh, quiet with travel. Um, I'm hoping, um, cross fingers, that next year um, we'll be making up for some lost time. Um, so, yeah, I'm really keen to get out and about. Um, there's been a lot of stuff around the UK, um, Scotland Island, which has been amazing. And I've loved that. And it's, you know, I love driving. So I've been doing a lot of driving around the country. I drove to Scotland the day, um, which was which was amazing. I'm getting really good at podcasts, actually, Nick guys so obviously i'll be on your podcast listening to myself no, Yay, please, um, please. no i love podcasts i learn so much you know eight hours in the car you learn about a lot of different things so i'm, I'm a huge fan of podcasts and what's your go-to what's your favorite you don't have to say really obsessed it's okay yeah you're you're forgiven you're <laughs> excused i'm that. kind of into true crime but also um there's um histories Ooh, I love um short histories so i love learning about you know, the Cuban Missile Crisis or um, yeah. Gladiators or anything, that, you know, any subject like this. So, Is there one you queue uh, up yeah. first? One podcast that you're like, okay, this one I'm checking? I know, I sort of flit around. I probably need to find a new one at the moment. No, actually. I'm the same. Um, I jump around. <laughs> we have one more question to, for you. I'm just, you know, what do you make of the fact that interest in the royal family and royals in general has never been higher thanks not only to pop culture, we've got Spencer, The Crown, but also real life events. Like the, you said, this book is coming out ahead of the Platinum Jubilee it's going to be an incredible year we're so looking forward to it to it what is what is it like to always have a front row seat to all of this I mean the diamond jubilee was incredible um it was a, a year I'll never forget that I mean I talk about it a lot in the book and it, it was these amazing events that captured the imagination of everyone around the world and we gestured off around the world to various um, places to celebrate the Commonwealth and also to celebrate the Diamond Jubilee. And that was very special. And it was great to see the response. And often what I think is the biggest privilege of being a raw photographer is meeting a lot of people around the world and seeing the crowds that come out to meet the royal family and the response they get, which is really amazing. And obviously you try and convey this in photographs, but it's not always possible. But it was massive and so I'm really looking forward to the Platinum Jubilee I know there's going to be a lot of exciting events planned around that um, to celebrate um, Her Majesty the Queen's incredible reign and um, yeah and I, I was this just seemed like the perfect time to to put together um, my sort of personal perspective on the pictures I'm taking obviously there's a lot of books on the Queen out there and uh, what I felt um, was unique about um, what I put together that I've taken the pictures first in some of the kind of stories behind the images and there's a few sort of personal anecdotes in there um, which um, I don't often get the opportunity to sort of talk about so hopefully that adds a little bit of colour and depth to some of the pictures um, it's why I love my job and um, hopefully um, you will enjoy reading about them and yeah it's just some of the things that uh, some of the sort of slightly unexpected things that you don't you don't get in or in, in other books but yeah it's very much about my personal journey and 
like I said, you know, the Queen is this incredible person who's outlasted the careers of, you know, every photographer going and, you know, some of the most iconic and um, memorable um, photographs. I sort of look back on for inspiration and we have an amazing archive at Getty Images. So when you look back at these historic pictures taken by these incredible photographers, it sort of, it sort of dawns on you that if you're lucky, people might be looking at your pictures in sort of 10 or even 100 years time, which is one of the nice things about the job. Such an interesting point too. Yeah, that how long your pictures will live on and history and everything. Yeah, and the history books. Yeah. Well, just like I feel like just like Rachel and I love your behind the scenes IG stories, these tidbits that are in this book about how the photograph came to be or what it was like to be on the scene are really incredible and eye opening. So Thank you so much, Chris. This was so much fun. Yeah, we so enjoyed talking to you. Thanks, guys. So as everyone knows, follow Chris on Instagram. His book is out this week. Very exciting. Congratulations again. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Okay, that interview was incredible, but I'm also really upset that Theo, his son, didn't make an appearance because he posted an Instagram later with him at the computer. So so cute. I would have to come back on with Theo. Harry, Harry or Archie style, I should say. All right, before we adjourn the Royal Pod, here are our highs and lows. It's time for the Royal Highs and Lows. My low is the queen pictured with a walking stick. I'm definitely not saying this is a sign of weakness, that there's anything wrong with it. You know, I think actually it could be incredibly chic as an accessory. I only think that if I were a pessimist, which I'm definitely not, I would say that it could be used to as a media strategy to kind of deflect from Andrew and Charles's troubles by refocusing the attention it's also just a physical reminder that as much as we like to believe, you know, she's timeless, she is going to be there for us forever, and it's not the case, you know? Yeah. And so this kind of just is like a very stark reminder of that. Oh, I know, I know. But it, yeah, there were a lot of headlines about it for sure. Yeah. So Milo is just the news that Prince Harry is not going to be traveling back for the event on October 19th to honor Diana. William is going to attend. It's a reception that's for to thank the donors who helped fund the Diana statue. Harry instead is reaching out privately to donors instead. I mean, I'm sure they just have to be like incredibly scrupulous, Harry and Meghan, with how many trips they make. I like I um, looked up the time. It's like almost 11 hours from L.A. to London on a plane, a direct oh, flight. Wow. I mean, that's a long that's a long journey, especially when you have two little kids at home. But I'm you know, I, I would have loved to see another reunion for sure. Um, I'm curious if we'll even see photos of this type of an event, because it reminds me of sort of like the behind the scenes at the hold still reception that came held we do know that elton john will be there so that's a that's a kind of you know big deal moment but there's a lot of big deal royal events coming up that um we just saw the other day that uh forward trust keynote speech that kate's doing so i'm really excited for all the red carpets they have and actually that keynote speech that's about taking action on addiction which kate has been really involved in is the same day as this reception so double booked (laughs) is she gonna so i guess she wouldn't go to the diana thing then i don't know what the time of days are you know i just remembered the earth shot is gonna have a green carpet oh that's that's right it's not a red carpet it's not a red i'm taking that back it's a green carpet thanks roberta my high for this week is that we have more info on the palace papers which we mentioned in our pre-recorded royal books episode with Kristen contina last week so tina brown's biography the palace papers 
We've been trying to figure out more information. Finally, all the news reports came out. April 2022 is when this is going to be released. It's covering the 25 years since Diana's death. Reminder that Tina Brown is the best-selling author of the Diana Chronicles. She interviewed over 200 people for that book. This is going to be pretty earth-shattering. It's The full title is The Palace Papers Inside the House of Windsor, The Truth and Turmoil. Dun, dun, dun. This is exciting, but also just cast it out to the Roros and they come through. I feel like people DM'd us, wrote us in. I loved it. I loved <laughs> getting the intel because I was like, when is this date going to happen? So anyways. All right. My high is very personal. The fact that I just learned that at the Brooklyn Museum, a mere stone's throw from where I live, there's a Dior exhibit that's going through February 2022. And... It includes a dress, the Dior dress that Diana wore in 1996 to the Met Gala. It was the like slip dress. Remember this one? That's a Wait, little. My jaw is come on. The come floor with me, Roberta. Come into because the city. I'm Let's going, go. Rachel. I didn't tell <gasps> you, Wait, but I'm actually going? I'm going in January with my mom to the exhibit at the Brooklyn Museum. To the exhibit at the Brooklyn <gasps> Museum. So remember, I told you we got Hamilton tickets. Yes, yes. Like, um, but we were going to go to this also. I didn't know that this was your high, and also. So I didn't know that plugged Diana's it in at like 11 p.m. last night. Wait, she has a dress. At, I'm just like going to be so starstruck now. I mean, I already was so looking forward to it. I can't wait to amazing. see it. And apparently, William was a little like the the reports say that he wasn't happy, like he didn't love that his mom wore this dress because it was kind of like her her chance to be rebellious against the restrictive royal attire mm-hmm. when she showed up to this event. So, anyways, I cannot wait to see it. IRL. At this exhibit, I'm gonna. It's in set your backyard. Do you yeah. want to come with me and my mom? We'll we'll. we'll I mean, talk I about do, but I might later. even run over sooner. <laughs> okay, you can't wait to join. I would love to join again. I would love Fine. to join again. <laughs> it's on display till February 2022, so we're just getting the tail end of it. So you're you're right in going earlier. Um, all right, just a reminder before we close, leave us a royal rating. Here's one that says, "Great podcast. Love that I can keep up with the royals in a non-sensationalist way." Please, please leave us a great review like this one. They make our day. And we love to hear from you guys. So please leave us a five-star review. It would be amazing. We look forward to them. And write to us, info at gallerypodcasts.com. We are getting so many amazing listener emails. So please write to us. You can follow us on IG. It's at Robbie Frito for me. And I'm at RKBNYC. Until next week, God God save save the the pod. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.